What's up, everybody? This is Jimmy Durkin, and you can catch me, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn talking all things Raiders on our podcast, State of the Nation. Listen for free on Apple every Monday and for weekly bonus episodes exclusively on The Athletic. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin and Ted Wynn back in the Bay Area. We're joined by Vic Tafer from Indianapolis, where the Oakland Raiders went on the road and earned a 31-24 victory today over the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, a really uh, just good, efficient, all-around victory, uh, ball control offense, Basically, everything that I think John Gruden would want to dial up uh, in a game plan. Uh, and it, it led to a win, and, and the Raiders are sitting there at 2-2 two and two as they get ready to head over to London. Yeah, football is easy when you get after a good start. I mean, they had Derek Carr with 6-6 six of six, the first drive, touchdown. Then Trevor Davis, a big 60-yard run and the jet sweep, up 14-0. Things kind of fall into place, and you kind of run the ball more second half, kill some clock. Definitely, John Gruden is very proud of his team, and rightfully so. The Colts have a quick, fast defense, but the Raiders' offensive line is huge, and they were able to move around the Colts' front whenever they wanted, and they ended up rushing for 188 yards. Um, drew up some cool plays, like Vic mentioned, that end around. Um, and they were a little more aggressive in the first half. Second half, they got a little conservative just to protect the lead, and it was good enough to come out with the uh, win. Yeah, 32 running plays for 188 yards, 31 passing plays for 189 yards. Really didn't ask Derek Carr to do anything crazy today. He goes 21 of 31 for those 189 yards, two touchdowns, uh, no turnovers. You saw them get something we've been bugging them to do, get Darren Waller involved early. He The first pass of the game went to him. They got both tight ends involved early in the game. Uh, the touchdown to Foster Moreau, that was uh, obviously was not the guy that the, the play was necessarily dialed up for, but uh, Carr went through his progressions and, and found him. Uh, he also had Josh Jacobs open on that play too for if he wanted to dump it off. But um, yeah, I mean, this is I think this is what the John Gruden offense is supposed to be. It's a, uh, you know, a lot of controlling the clock, uh, a lot of easy passes for your quarterback, and then find a way to grind it out on the run on the ground, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, it's even more impressive because they overcame a lot of stuff. They overcame some injuries to the front line. Uh, you know, Trent Brown missed that play because of his hand on the fourth and one play, which is a big play. Then uh, Jordan Devi uh, tore his pecs. He came out of the game, and Denzel Goodfield in for him at right guard. Then uh, I think the bigger one was even uh, before the game started. Uh, JJ Nelson. The receiver who they had big plans for in the game plan. Obviously, that, that play to Trevor Davis was for JJ. And uh, before the game, he came to stretch, you know, get warmed up. And he couldn't get loose. So I'm not sure exactly what happened, but he couldn't get loose. Told the coaches he couldn't go. And I know John Gruden was very disappointed about that because he was a big part of the game plan today. But luckily, they had another guy who runs, you know, 4 2 4 3 and Trevor Davis. And he took that ball and uh, turned the corner, and, and that was it. Yeah, that's got to limit the game plan a lot to just kind of lose your number two guy and your only replacements are a guy that, you know Killian Doss who's a rookie and then Davis who's been here what two weeks pretty impressive that they were able to still score 31 points when you just lose your number two you know pretty unexpectedly yeah I mean a week and a half that Trevor, Trevor Davis has been on this team uh you know, we were surprised he was inactive last week because we thought they would mostly just 
plug him in there at, at returner, but um, ends up starting the game and uh, and and makes some some impact. You know, we, we rag on the coaching staff when they have these bad games and curious decisions. You got to give the coaching staff credit for being able to get a guy in position at least to uh, to make a big play. I mean, an end around is not the most complex play to learn or anything like that, but um, yeah, I mean, you, you definitely have to credit them for being able to get Davis in position and ready to make a play like that. I think I should mention, uh, talking about the team's toughness, Derek Carr kind of played hurt like the second quarter took a hit on a kind of a shin area kind of late it wasn't called but it's kind of a late hit took a shin uh a blow to the shins and he played the rest of the game but afterwards after the game he went to go get x-rays just you know precautionary and i didn't have anything official from the team but i have heard that uh, the results were good and he should be fine going to london so it's not you know it's a tiny little scare but you always worry about your your star player when it goes and gets an x-ray yeah we saw him kind of grabbing at that leg uh and i mean Derek Carr grabbing at his leg when uh, when playing against the Colts, uh, e- even Ooh. if it uh, ends up being uh, being not that big of a deal, that's still a, a scary sight to have to see if you're a Raider fan. Yeah, no doubt. I think again, it shows uh, you know it's just a gritty effort by the whole team overall, and the defense made enough play. They lost their captain. They lost Vontaze Perfect to an ejection. They're able to uh, to stand up and to hear Whitehead did a nice job taking over the play calling ability, and they made enough. They didn't have any sacks, but they made enough plays on defense to kind of. Uh, yeah, slow the Colts down. Oh, Tyrell Williams again uh, w- with a touchdown, his fourth straight game with a touchdown reception. Uh, he probably, if you ask him, he probably should have had two. He dropped that one. But, um, you know, he, he's not putting up huge numbers and maybe not not particularly looking like a, a, a real number one receiver. But, I mean, if you go every game and you, you catch me a touchdown pass, it, it's it's hard to complain about the production that they're getting out of him. Um, uh, they, they need touchdowns, and he's providing those. I know it was a nice back shoulder um, pass by Carr, and, you know, that's a pass that he's pretty good at. And we've, we've seen them um, complete that kind of pass with Michael Crabtree a lot, uh, you know, in 2016, 2017 even. That's one of those passes where it's not a wide open guy deep, but you could throw a guy open. So, you know, hopefully, I think the Raiders will want to see more of that from Carr because that's an aggressive decision. That's a type of throw that he could make, and that's a type of throw that Tyrell, a type of catch that Tyrell Williams could make. He's a bigger receiver. Darren Waller, could, I'm sure, could catch some back shoulder passes too. Uh, so a good sign for Raiders, and hopefully he throws more of those. Yeah, back when uh, James Jones was here, he had those kind of throws, the back shoulder throws, are why uh, James called uh, Carr baby, baby A-Rod for Aaron Rodgers because he had the same kind of uh, – you know, the arm strength and the accuracy get those pals where you need them to be. So it's a, definitely it's something they did a lot more often uh, in Derek's first couple of years, but it's a nice tool to have. You know, Vic, you mentioned kind of overcoming adversity and, and talking about the injuries and guys getting banged up. I mean, I think one area where you really have to credit them, that past Raider teams, I mean, you know, over the past couple of years, you would expect that this is where the game turns is, okay, they, they take the, the 14 nothing lead and they get the ball back. And boom, they they turn it over. There's that botched exchange between Carr and Josh Jacobs, uh, leads to a you know good field position, a Colts touchdown, and at that point you kind of say, all right, here's where the Colts go on a run. But they, that that didn't happen. The Raiders were able to bounce back and and go on a, on a long touchdown drive, eleven plays, seventy six yards, six minutes off the clock, and that led to the Tyrell Williams touchdown. I mean that was significant that they were able to you know, have a turnover like that give up points, and were able to answer back. They had a lot of nice drives today. A lot of nice long drives. That one he mentioned, the one in the third quarter took like nine minutes. I only got a field goal, but still a huge drive in terms of the way the game was going. 
And um, I think one thing we have to mention is not, you know, there's always asterisks and excuses, but uh, we did mention going in that the Colts were without, you know, three of their star players and two of their best defense, probably their two best yeah. defensive guys in Darius Leonard and Malik Hooker. So definitely that was a factor. You could tell that the uh, Colts didn't have the uh, defensive firepower to stop the Raiders when they were just kind of marching down the field. Yeah, I mean, and these are the games you have to take advantage of that. I mean, injuries to happen. I mean, Raiders experience injuries. Everybody experiences injuries. And uh, you don't apologize, obviously, for beating a team that's banged up. And, I mean, those are the games that, you know, if you want to start stacking up wins, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what, you know, what people might think about your team. The record's all that matters. And uh, the Raiders now at 2-2, two and two, they are tied for the, this is, sounds crazy, they are tied for the fourth best record in the AFC. Uh, that's just kind of where this conference is right now. There are uh, there are very few dominant teams. And uh, at 2-2, two and two, they are they have kind of planted themselves uh, at least temporarily in that mix, and uh, you give them credit for uh, for getting to that two and two mark because hey, when a team when you're facing a team that's missing good players, uh, take advantage of it, and they did. Yeah, and I think you're two and two, and you're seeing some real good things from the young guys. Like I mean, we're definitely seeing Josh Jacobs is a big time running back. I mean, today he even caught a couple of passes out of the backfield. That's definitely a, a big weapon he has, and just I mean, I loved his runs at the end of the game. The one. Um, where he kind of like just was patiently kind of going to the right, waited for the hole to open, exploded through it, then showed the power to carry a couple of guys for a few extra yards. Just um, he's a total back, and he's that's why I think at one point Derek said today that's why he was a first round pick. I mean he's he's a stud, and so I think that's a big deal to have a stud running back in this league. There aren't that many of them, so I think that's the one positive from a young guy. And then on the other end of the ball, we got Max Crosby had a lot of big plays today, another rookie. So I think definitely very encouraging signs from the young guys. Yeah, and he still only had. Jacobs uh, only still had two catches. You know, I still want to see him get used in yep. the passing game a little bit more. Um, you know, they, they threw one to DeAndre Washington. And he dropped it. Um, but, yeah, just I want to see more plays that are designed for Jacobs. We saw a bunch of training camp, and we still haven't really seen them used in-game yet. So, um, yeah. I think Saving he, it for Khalil yeah. Mack. Well, I, I also <laughs> wonder if part of I also wonder if part of that is maybe they want to get DeAndre and Jalen involved a little bit. Maybe they, that John thinks that's the best way to do it is to give these guys some catches maybe when they come in and spell uh, Josh. But you're right. I think you've got to see more catches. But I, I do think that uh, Gruden does like you know Rashard and Washington a lot, and he wants to get them involved a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Jacobs with the two targets, two catches for 29 yards. They both came on the same drive. Um, I mean, he definitely shows what he can do when uh, when they get him involved in the passing game. And again, would like to see more of it, but this is kind of a game where, you know, you acknowledge that, but you also acknowledge that the offense played well. The The offense did uh, exactly what you would want them to do in a game like this. So not a criticism, but just something that you, you kind of note and, and you kind of see how they adjust moving forward. You talk about Max Crosby there, and right. I mean, I think the one thing that I would have to say after watching this game is Crosby was a guy that really was kind of talked about as he's a project, a guy that's going to have to get bigger. I mean, in in four games, and especially in this one, I think he's already showing more than I think we've seen out of Arden Key so far in his uh, year plus four games. Uh, do you guys agree? Uh, Key is still getting some pressure. I, I mean, Crosby, one thing he's really good at is he's really good at timing when to get his hands up and knocking down passes. Um, and, but he at the end of the day, he's making the he's finishing for plays, and Key is still he's still getting pressure. He's still getting close, but he just can't finish. I, it's hard to explain why, but he yeah he just can't finish. And Crosby is out there, you know, forcing fumbles, two passes knocked down. 
and uh so he's and a QB hit. So yeah, at the end of the day, he's the one finishing. We mentioned JJ Nelson, how that was a surprise this morning, how he was inactive. Also surprised that Benson Mayola was inactive, you know, the leading sack guy with three and a half sacks. He obviously was not happy, he tweeted no. about it, which I'm sure is not gonna do him any, any favors with John Gruden and the and Paul Gunther. But he tweeted he was mad about not playing. And what I was told before the game was that part of that reasoning was that they wanted to see Cleveland Furl more at, at, at end. He had played a lot inside the last few weeks. They want to see him more at end uh, in passing downs. But I think what happened was Max Crosby did a great job. And he actually took over kind of that role as the game went on. He had the, you know, the forced fumble. He had two deflections. Uh, just very active. He, and he even said after the game said that it's not always about sacks. You want to get sacks, but you can disrupt plays other ways. And he definitely showed that. He has a knack. He has a knack, you know, for getting to the ball and and making plays happen. One thing that's interesting is, um, you know, they had that week where they talked about wanting to get Arden Key more involved, and now they are actually moving him to like inside linebacker, kind of like the way the Texans did with Javon Clowney and blitzing up the A gap and moving him around. And you know, he's still not finishing, but he, uh, you know, you see him there, out there getting pressure, getting close, getting close to the quarterback, but he just can't finish. But they they're moving him around, so they're trying to put him in position to make plays. And I think a part of it, it shows you how misleading the preseason can be. Because in the preseason, Arden was making plays. And you saw him on the, on the edge. He was kind of getting his shoulder and had some strength and uh, actually involved in the run game. But, again, it's so hard to, to judge what that's worth in preseason. And the coaches were very, very excited about that progress. But then it turns out it wasn't worth that much. He didn't really have made the strides seem like he had made in the preseason. So still a work in progress. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one criticism still on this defense that, um, you know, they got a little bit of pressure, but that's the one thing that could have really put this game away. But they got pressure in significant moments and uh, and forced uh, Jacoby Brissett into making a crucial error. And uh, Eric Harris, the first interception for the Raiders this season, and it's a pick six. And that basically, I mean, I know that the Colts still technically kind of got back into it with the touchdown late and if they got a defensive stop. But uh, pick six by Eric Harris really uh, kind of sealed this game. And uh, that's, you know, we talked about it on the show in the middle of the week that uh, is kind of the Crosby forced fumble fits in with this too, that it's not so much about always having a good defense. You don't have to be just shutting guys down all the time. But if you can make two timely plays in a game, that can make your defense look a hell of a lot better. Yeah, Harris felt bad because he actually read the, the the ball so well, had the interception and the touchdown. But he also was the guy who gave up the big play to Eric Ebron right after that to give yeah. him the chance to get back in the game. So he didn't really have a chance to celebrate too much after the no. game. He felt bad. But I think, you know what, it all worked out fine because we saw the Raiders have a chance to give you know the, the closer, Josh Jacobs, a chance to show that he can get the first downs. We need him to, to close the game out, and he did. So I think it actually worked out fine. I think you gave the young guy – some experience in the role he'll have to have for the next, you know, ideally 10, 12 years. So I thought it was, uh, it all worked out great. 10 to 12 years? You're giving him a 10 to 12 year shelf Ooh. life as a, as a starting running back? Is that too much? Am I being optimistic? A <laughs> little I'm in, bit. I'm in a good mood, guys. Come on. <laughs> 12 year career, Josh. He's, he's going to be the next Frank Gore, right? Sure. Well, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> And that second, it's hard to get that second deal as a running back nowadays. Yeah, right. I mean. so so twelve years is a little much. How about eight? Eight better? You sure. guys are just yeah, killjoys, man. Rare fans are fired up. You guys just pour it and you just kind of kill enthusiasm, man. Hey, I mean, I'm just looking at the next four years that he's under the under the contract as the as a first round draft pick, and I mean that's that's all that you uh, that's all that you, you draft a running back for that first contract, and then you uh, figure it out later. But uh, I mean, do we want to start talking about his eventual holdout? I mean, I don't know. We we can we can get into that, but no. Um, uh, other other positives defensively is. 
I mean, the obvious, they got LaMarcus Joyner, made sure he stayed on the field, and uh, he made an impact. I mean, a couple tackles for loss, pass breakup. Um, you know, you see why he's probably their, their best defensive player. I mean, in uh, a nice game for him, and it it still makes it more even more puzzling why they allowed themselves to let him get game planned out of the off the field uh, last week in Minnesota. But they they got him back out there uh, in this one, and uh, and they were rewarded for it. Yeah, he covered a tight end a couple of plays, so mm-hmm. he did a nice job just showing his versatility. And I think um, I was a little surprised that the Colts didn't go more than tight ends. They had success when they did. Ebron had those two well, big Ebron drops. Dropped, yeah, they had two big drops, but I still think there was more to be had there. But you know, that's that's their coaching issues, not. At the Raiders, so I just think that uh, you're right. Lamarcus Jordan had a nice game, and uh, yeah, there's, there's play, he's a playmaker. There's definitely a, a couple of playmakers in this defense. You can't uh, can't take him off the field. Yeah, they didn't really move him to a different position, but they kind of added responsibilities to the nickel position that they have. And you know, like you said, he was covering a tight end on one of the red zone trips, and then the tight end ended run blocking. He knifed in there and got a, a tackle for loss, and. That was, it ended up being huge because they stopped him for a field goal in that drive. So, yeah, he was a key part of it. He made tons of plays throughout this game. And uh, it was that breakout game that we were expecting to see from Joyner when they signed him. You know, one play that really impressed me, uh, another defensive play midway, second quarter. Uh, Colts got into the into the red zone. They were, you know, goal to go, third and goal. And uh, there there was that little pass out to the flat. And Gary on Conley just with a nice sure tackle, wrap the guy up right there at the eight-yard line, force the Colts into a field goal. Those are our plays that I think in the past we've seen Conley going with. I mean, he's not a physical cornerback at all. He's not a guy that you, you see making a lot of uh, big tackles. But that one uh, that one was very impressive. And I mean, that's probably, I would say, the, the best tackle we've seen him make as a Raider. Yeah, they'll get uh, some help too now. Nevin Lawson's back from suspension. Right. He's on the way to London with the team. So I think we'll see where he f- fits in. But I could see even maybe Worley playing a little more safety at times. But uh, and they got some pieces, the guys they liked. I mean, they liked Curtis Riley. That's why they... Um, Took Lamarcus yeah, off the more. field, so they I mean, just didn't play it well. But they like these guys, so they're trying to see where they all can fit in. Yeah, I think I thought both Conley and Worley had a pretty good game. I mean, you know, the Colts wide receiver corp was you know pretty beat up. Paris Campbell was hurt throughout the game, and then uh, obviously why Hilton wasn't there. But they did their jobs and they shut down whatever was in front of them. Conley had that one interference call, but that was kind of iffy. It looked like the offensive player was pushing off on him. But yeah, I think the loss in addition could actually be big because the Raiders have trouble covering tight ends. And if they could find a corner that they trust to put in Worley spot, then they could move Worley in to cover tight ends. He's a little bigger than Joyner and Carl Joseph. And you know I think they wanted to do that with Kelsey against the Chiefs. So if that happens, maybe they have a solution to trying to cover tight ends or slow down tight ends. Other piece of news was that uh, Gabe Jackson did not make the trip. So he's not going to London, did not come here. So they're going to have him come back after the bye week, which I think is smart. There's no reason to rush him. Uh, he's very close to being you know, at full health. And I'll have to go with Denzel Good next week, who's been up to the test so far. So I think Gabe will not be back until after the bye week. Yeah. Ted, you mentioned uh, Carl Joseph. I thought he had a good game today, too. You know, we saw him uh, with the fumble recovery, of course. Uh, he had a couple big hits. He kind of started, you know, I mean, we, we kind of have set our expectations for Carl Joseph. Um, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be a Pro Bowl type safety, but make an impact, make your, your presence felt a few times a game, and I thought he did that in this one. Yeah, real nice play by the goal line. It came in and crashed mm-hmm. the box, made a nice tackle. I couldn't tweet about it because they scored the next play, but definitely showed he has that old you know, range he had in college where he can definitely crash in and, and make some plays. Yeah, I think he's actually had a nice season. But We talk about it all the time, but when he covers tight ends, he just is just too small to match up, but 
when he's not covering tight ends and he's playing more zone and has a little more freedom to freelance a little bit, he's had a pretty decent season, I think. So we got to talk about Vontez Perfect. Um, obviously, the ejection in this one for uh, helmet-to-helmet hit, um, I mean, I think... You know, I don't think John Gruden necessarily agreed with it, but uh, what was your guys' take on it? I think the, the consensus is, you know, it, it was probably the right call, and when you are Vontez Perfect especially, you are not going you know, to ever get the benefit of the doubt on those calls, and um, it'll be interesting to see what the league decides to do if they uh, if they tack on any punishment. Obviously, a fine will be upcoming, but um, if considering his history, uh, Vic, do you expect any kind of additional punishment coming his way beyond uh, the, the standard fine? I'm guessing not, but it's hard to say. I think it's such a gray area because I think, like John mentioned, he had no problem with the actual penalty. He thought it was, uh, you know, that's what it's supposed to be. You can't lower your head. Defenseless receiver, he, I mean, he had no problems with all the penalty. The, the question mark is, when does it go from being a penalty to being an ejection? Like, is there? Yeah. Are you judging intent? Or are you judging like how far his run up was? Or how much speed did he gather before he hit the guy? So it's really hard to decide what that should be. So I think in this case, I think they'll look back at it and say, you know what, that was probably sufficient. He missed more than half of the game. That's probably good enough. But you never know. With him, it's all reputation. I mean, definitely, people view him as a dirty player, and so I think that's going to be part of this going forward, you know, as well as this upcoming judgment yeah it was kind of a tough play because the tight end was on the, his knees were on the ground and he was trying to get back up so it's not like you could really slow down too much because the tight end's on the way up but he just has the reputation for leading with his head and whenever he talks about it he talks about it like he doesn't do anything wrong so he just doesn't have any remorse or he's not trying to change the way he's playing so i think his reputation definitely is going to factor into whether there's further action and i think it factored into him getting ejected and you know the Raiders knew about these problems when they they signed him and made him the starting linebacker and this is what happens when you count on a guy that has a propensity for doing these things yeah I mean I think if there is any additional punishment I would imagine kind of if he would appeal and probably his argument would be that you know he wasn't sure that that Doyle, the receiver, had had fully given himself up. And, you know, like you said, you could kind of see he was, you know, he wasn't touched down yet. I mean, so there looked like he he still had an opportunity to, to get up. Um, still, that doesn't excuse the fact that uh, he clearly lowered the head and, and it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pretty nasty-looking hit. Luckily, it didn't seem like uh, anybody was injured on the play. Um, so, I mean, that's the bright side to look at. But, yeah, I think I agree with you guys that probably no additional punishment, but... It's Vontez perfect, and that that does become a factor when uh, when they consider any uh, any of this. I was um, I won't say surprised, but I thought it was impressive how much they were able to rally around that afterwards. I thought that was going to be because they mentioned so much how he gets him in the right spot. He hasn't made a lot of plays as far as tackles this year, but definitely he's around the ball. Definitely gets guys lined up in the right spots. I thought that would be a huge loss, but they did a nice job. I mean, uh, Nicholas Morrow made some plays, and Whitehead did a nice job of getting guys ready to go. So. I think that was impressive. So, I mean, to win this game before the flight to to London, I mean, just I don't think we can really kind of overstate how how significant that is. I mean, this if this team has any chance of of doing anything this year, or at least remaining interesting, remaining um, kind of keeping the team together and and making sure that things don't don't start going sideways. You heard guys talk about that last week that you know they don't want to see this get off the rails. I mean. To have an impressive performance here um, ahead of what's, especially the way the, the Bears' defense looked today. I mean, that game next week in uh, in London against the Bears is going to be tough. Um, I don't think we can kind of overstate how important it was for the Raiders to, 
to play well and I mean, hey, grind out a win and, and get to 500. I mean, this is uh, this is pretty significant for them. Yeah, it's an eight-hour flight from here to London, so I think guys are definitely happy. John Gruden told us 15 hours. Well, I came in from wherever, from Oakland. Is it 15 yeah. hours or from Mexico? I don't know. But it's eight hours from here, from Indianapolis. So I think um be a nice eight-hour trip. I think they're going to be very happy, very confident. I think, um, like I said, the young guys, the young guys stepping up, I think really gives everybody confidence, the coaching staff, the other players, that, hey, we got some building blocks. we got some pieces that are actually going to be worth something, if not now, then even soon. And I think it'll be a, be a big payoff. So guys are happy. Guys are definitely fired up to go play uh, in London. And there's only a few veterans here who have been on the previous two trips. They lost both of those, but those guys won't. If hopefully the third time's a charm. Yeah, no, a lot of credit goes to them because, you know, after two losses like that, or it's just so demoralizing, but they, they came out with a lot of energy. They looked like a focused team and they got a win today. And I, I agree. I thought, I thought this was a must win. I thought if they, they lost this game, it, they would have been in trouble. I mean, three bad losses in a row. And then you're going to London against um, the bears. It, it, it would have been tough, you know, to get up for that game and then tough to win that game. And if you lose four games in a row, it just feels like this, the season would have been over. But uh, credit to them, they, they won their 2-2 two and two and surprisingly in good position in AFC. I know. I wish I had, uh, you know, we do our, we did our, obviously our predictions before the season on, on the season preview podcast where uh, before we knew about uh, Antonio Brown no longer being on this team. Wish I had, uh, I had stuck with those predictions when we make our, our each week we make our predictions. Obviously, I've edited a couple of those predictions from uh, before the season, but this two and two start, this is what I had winning, beating the Broncos, losing the next two, and then uh, winning an Indy. So, uh, I wish I had the. Uh, I wish I had stuck to that, but I guess not having Antonio Brown hasn't affected uh, the way uh, I thought their season was going to start. But it's a nice start for them, and I mean for John Gruden, I'm, I'm sure he's just got to feel like yeah, he's got some breathing room now, uh, and just the players have to feel like they they can not not take a deep breath or anything. But um, you know they they don't have to start tightening up uh, quite yet. Yeah, you've turned this five game road trip into uh, you know you got one on one the first two stops. Now all of a sudden it's a, it's a three game road trip. You got to just, you know, survive three games now instead of five. So it's a big win. I just think, um, again, confidence. You see some playmaking ability from some younger guys. And John Gruden was a very, definitely in a very good mood afterwards. So I think you're right. This uh, will be a much uh, better spirits to discuss the Khalil Mack this week, I think. It'll be a much, uh, much happier conversations if, as opposed to if they were one and three and people asking him, hey, man, how much do you miss Khalil Mack? That would not have been pleasant. So I think this is going to be a lot better. So what uh what, what's on the agenda for you, Vic? What are you looking forward to most? As what the third time you've covered the Raiders over there in London, a uh, new stadium they're playing at the uh, in Tottenham. Um, what what are you looking forward to about this trip? Yeah, I've heard great things about the stadium. I'm supposed to be seeing you know, state of the art, all kinds of uh, new gadgets and kind of toys you can deal with. That'll be kind of fun. Um, the first trip I did all the sightseeing stuff. Uh, the second trip I did all the partying stuff. So <laughs> I'm not sure what happens the third trip. Maybe I like. Compare uh, teas, do some tea tests. I don't know, tea and crumpets. I have no idea what I do the third time. But uh, I'm like you said, I'm happy that the, uh, the the team is in the good spirits going there. I think it would be a much tougher assignment if I went there, you know, with everyone depressed after being one and three. So I think that's good. Um, and it should be a fun week. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, uh, like I said, the Khalil Mack storyline writes itself. And that's kind of a cool you know, cool matchup with him and Derek. So I think it'll be a fun week. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, we obviously don't sit here and root for these teams to win. We don't root for them to lose or anything like that. But uh, the mood of the team is really what's probably the most important to us. And uh, especially for, for you uh, getting set to 
be around them for a week in London, and then as we uh, we try to cover them the rest of the year, we just want them to be in a decent mood, and uh, and this win will do it. It'll it'll have them in a good mood, and I mean if they can if they can find a way to to come come away from London with a win and and at three and two, I mean John Gruden and, and these guys are going to be riding pretty high. Yeah, that's possible. I mean the Bears' defense is incredible, but their offense is not that great, so you never know. Yeah, it would really help to have Gabe back for the Bears game just because that interior of that defense looked really good against the Vikings. So if they can control that D line somehow, you know, who knows? Yeah. And obviously they won't have Gabe back. I mean, they, they you know, Gruden announced that after the game that they're going to hold him out until after the bye, he's, he's not there on the trip. So uh, we'll see what Denzel good could do. Um, you know, I, we did notice they, they did go away from having Brandon Parker as the backup tackle. They went with David Sharp today, uh, deactivated Brandon Parker. And I think that's probably the right call when we've, we've seen mm-hmm. the, the kind of play we've seen out of Brandon Parker this year. Yeah. It kind of shows you like even the, the small things, like the small, the small plays that you don't really notice or you don't remember too much, but that fourth and one play, I mean, Derek mentioned it like when, when uh, Sharp came on the field, like he said, a different look in his eye. He like he looked like kind of like it was a crazed look, and was, that's a good thing to hear. Like he came in and got the job done. So I just think that um, yeah, it takes it takes a whole team of guys, I and mean, sometimes it takes it takes David Sharp on fourth and one to get that push. So I just think uh, again, it shows you uh, everyone's on board, everyone's you know, going the same direction, and. Right now, that direction is London, so uh, we'll see what happens. Game ball for David Sharp, right? <laughs> a lot of game balls. David Sharp, uh, Foster Moreau got one for his first touchdown play of the game. I think uh, I'll give one to Colton Miller on that, on that, uh, that Jets oh, yeah. sweep. He was leading the charge like 50 yards downfield. I mean, that guy is an impressive athlete. I mean, we give him a hard time at times, but clearly he does a great job in those sweeps and getting the ball, getting downfield and – and, and you know, using that uh, that range he has. All right, and probably the the best news that we can send out to uh, to wrap up this post game edition podcast: the Broncos are zero and four. Another uh, gut wrenching loss for Denver today. And uh, hey, we've seen them. We know they aren't very good, but uh, I know Raider fans are pretty happy to to see the Broncos at zero and four. I think I had them in my best my best bets of the week. I think for Vic's picks, I think I had the Broncos, so that's not good. Well, we'll forgive but you because the, you did you the pick Raiders. the Raiders. I had the Raiders. Yeah. I had the uh, I got the Bears, so at least two and one best bets of the week. Chargers two and two. Yeah. So Raiders are tied for second. Tied for second. Yeah. There's uh there's a whole host of teams uh, right now. I mean at two and two, obviously New England, Kansas City are, are the four and zero teams. Buffalo at three and one, uh, and then uh, yeah, a bunch of teams sitting at two and two. So the Raiders are, are right there in the playoff picture. Um, we'll see. I mean it's uh they're in decent shape right now, and um, we'll see if they can come out of this uh, this London trip in even better shape, but. I think that'll wrap up our post-game edition, and uh, we'll let Vic get rested up and get ready for the uh, the flight across the pond to England. And uh, we, we still have to, to kind of find out what the uh, the Raiders' schedule is this week, and then uh, we'll we'll hammer out uh, when we're going to get him on the phone to do a podcast. But uh, you will hear from Vic from over uh, over across the pond in London, and uh, we will have a chance to talk to you guys later this week to help set up the. Uh, the matchup against uh, the Bears, I think. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if they have any significant players, but uh, it'll uh, chase it, Daniel. It, it, chase Daniel and the Bears. Yeah, that's that's probably what it's going to be. Mitchell Trubisky with uh, the shoulder injury today, so could be uh, Chase Daniel and the Bears going up against uh, Max Crosby and the Raiders. That, I think that's the, the key matchup <laughs> everyone's thinking about for uh, for next Sunday. All right, guys, we will talk to you again later this week. All right, guys. All right, later, guys.